tap it in. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. Make sure to check us and other amazing content creators out at listenfrederick.com. We got four big players in the room today, myself, Ben, Josh, Tyler, and Tully, with some instant Masters reactions, sitting around watching Sunday, round four at the Masters. What a win from Scotty Scheffler. Lots of good golf, lots of talk about a final round 64 from Rory McIlroy to try and chase down Scotty. No one could quite do it, so we're going to kick it around the room and see what everyone's most memorable moments were from this 2022 Sunday at Augusta. A really great finish to the 2022 Masters Tournament. I think we thought we had a bit more of a competition on our hands through a few holes, uh, but Scotty Scheffler starts to pull away, gets to 18 at 12 under with a five-shot lead, uh, hits it around the green a little bit, but uh, still a commanding three-shot lead over the field, over a pursuing uh, Rory McIlroy, actually. So nobody at the top of the leaderboard played really well. Rory shoots Eight under, almost chases down Scotty. Uh, but this is the week of Scotty. It's the year of Scotty. Scotty, we're sorry we didn't pick you this week. We've picked you every week you've won, and this is the one we didn't. It should have been a no-brainer. We all saw it coming. Uh, we'll kick it around to the guys. What are our thoughts? I think 18 was just hilarious watching Scotty. It was like you, you, he earned the right to four-putt that green. I mean, <laughs> you're just so dominant throughout the whole week. But, I mean, it was a very impressive performance from Scotty. But just, yeah, imagine being at the point where we're at the Masters, you just have to tap it around the green until you can finally get to the hole and still win by three. So that shows you just how dominant he really was all week. Yeah, it was so funny. You got to see him kind of just, he, he misses the first one. He's like, really? And then he misses the second one. He just kind of looks up and laughs at Ted Scott, just like, wow, did that really just fucking happen? I think it's thing? like a testament to, like, if you just take one second and don't concentrate at Augusta, what can happen? Seriously. It was yeah, just like a little two, three, four-footer kind of thing, and he just, like, isn't really that concentrated because he's like he knows he's got it in the bag and all of a sudden a four putt i think you're right there i think it was a four footer then a three footer then a two footer before it finally went in <laughs> closer and closer Crept up on it it was just it was so funny to watch but i mean for me like the biggest my biggest takeaway obviously still going to come from the whole sky thing was i mean he was seemed a little rattled coming out you know it starts you know into the trees you know left left on his first two holes cam smith comes out goes you know two under through two and then what he chips in yeah, on the third was, hole, what was like, Scotty threw two holes. So I know, I know he, he got was the even. one. He was even. So Scotty made an, an, an insane par save on number one. I think we kind of said, oh, that's the best chip shot of the week we've seen from behind one's green. Until right his he next chip. Yeah, little little did we know. <clears throat> but it was a one stroke, and we're like, oh, man, it is going to be a two-horse race the rest of the way. Drink. Drink. the final two horse 15 race. holes. And then the third hole is just kind of a microcosm of the whole tournament where – it's kind of close, one stroke. Scotty kind of hits a subpar pitch shot, comes way short of the green. Cam's got the door wide open. He can put it up there close and kind of tie it up, and then he puts it short. Scotty chips in for birdie, and then it's just a complete reversal of all the momentum that Cam had built. Yeah, that chip was just unbelievable. <clears throat> he just 
And you, you saw like the two different approaches. Scotty does the kind of more of like that bump and run, that tippy eight iron approach versus oh, money in the bank. And and then Cam does more of a that lob wedge kind of try to like get it to flop stick kind of thing, and it just backfired hard. And then from there, it was just never even close again. It was a lot of veteran, yeah, veteran move from Scotty. I mean, Cam is a great wedge player, but being below that number, that that third green is like the great, the lie is super tight, so you got to hit it absolutely perfect. He kind of. He bounces into the ball, hits a little bit behind it, and right. Like, Scotty, Scotty chipping in there and then Cam making bogey was the two-shot gap that pretty much set up the rest of the round. There was really never a moment after that where we felt like Cam was really within striking distance. Cam makes a really great birdie on 11, uh, probably the hardest hole of the week. Goes into 12, then hot off a birdie and just plunks it in the water. So, walks off with triple, and Ooh. the tournament was pretty much over for Cam. Yeah, it was... It was- Tough to watch, but it was almost like iconic. It, that is almost like a defining, like, oh, this is definitely the Masters because it, it happens every year. There's always a just a catastrophic event that happens on number twelve, and we just got to watch it happen. Unfortunately, that last group, and we got to give Scotty a lot of props. He did not produce that typical Masters moment from the standpoint of like, oh, is he going to lose it here? Is it going to start slipping away? He never hit a questionable shot if he did he got up and down so easily and yeah he didn't lose it until so the it's 18th just a testament where... to the game he never he never really showed signs of wavering other than those first couple holes because his short game is just so solid it bailed him out so many times today what is it and so rory comes in second by three shots cam was in it you know most of the day until 12 and then scotty wins and i think that if you look back on it those are the three guys that probably led the gate led the field in strokes gained around the green for the week i mean just unbelievable short games uh, obviously rest of the parts of their games are really good but oh what a smooth jacket you know putting it on there much better than this vest incident wow also scotty like eight inches taller than hideki <laughs> for those who don't know we have the uh, jacket ceremony on the tv in front of us while we're recording yeah, so first first major for Scotty, his fourth win in like 53 days. Just, we were talking about it earlier. We probably haven't seen dominance like this since since Tiger, since Tiger's 2000. Yeah, I mean, I think going into the second or third round when he had some leads, I think we were starting to see the, oh, what did Tiger's 2000 season look like? Because we haven't seen dominance like this in, like you said, a, a long time. How many times did he win in 2000? Like eight? He won a lot, and he won by a lot, a lot of times. Scotty's so. on pace. He's got four through six tournaments for him. So, And even though the gap for Scotty was pretty much, you know, anywhere from two to five shots throughout the entire day, never got – I guess it got less than two. It was one when they yeah. were going into three. But the people that were pursuing Scotty weren't slouches. I mean, right, you had Sung GM, you had Rory, Cam Smith, Shane Lowry, lots of really good names, and – it props to Scotty. Like those are those are some names that you see on the leaderboard behind you. Justin Thomas, right? Will Zalatoris, Colin Morikawa. These are guys that can put up birdies and put them up quick. And in a, a day where Augusta looked like Augusta, it didn't look too hard, but it looked like it was it was birdieable. Uh, but if you get in the wrong places, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, it, I definitely agree with you. It was very like a veteran performance from Scotty, and like. You know, it wasn't. He didn't do anything that great. He finished around one under, and there was obviously much better rounds. You know, highlighted by Rory's, you know, eight under round. You know, he was what two, three shots off the course record. But it was, it was that that composure from him was just like unreal. You don't see that, and like that's kind of like what we saw from Tiger in 2019 was that like I'm not gonna, you know, go try to force something to happen. It was that I'm gonna play the course how it's meant to be played, which was. What, what Scotty definitely tried to do there. Yeah, he took a page out of the Big Cats playbook big time. You know, Tiger always talks about coming to majors, especially Augusta this week. I just want to, you know, one, even par the first couple of days. Conditions are going to be tough, which they they were really tough through three days this week. 
And Scotty just kind of hung in there, played consistent, solid, really won the tournament, I think, yesterday, shooting well in, in tough conditions, kind of holding on. So, yeah, definitely what we used to see out of Tiger all the time. Yeah, so Scotty opens the tournament 69-67, and then on the weekend goes 71-71. So it's really just, it was a battle of attrition this week as the conditions got hard. And I think that Scotty well knew that all he had to do was you know, post something even or under par in the last, the third and fourth round. And it was going to be really hard for anyone to catch him. And as much as I'm a Rory fan, and we know that Rory is like the best fourth round golfer in, in golf. It's just putting together a complete weekend of two rounds in the, in the mid to high sixties is really tough. So Scotty did everything he needed to do to win. Speaking of Rory, we, we got to highlight his, uh, him and Morikawa's 18th hole there. That was uh, unbelievable. That was arguably the best hole we got to watch. It was just so fucking cool. So I was, yeah, I'm, I'm adamantly a Rory fan. And so watching him come home, we knew that Rory had a decent chance. I mean, he posts eight under 64, one off the course record, and posts at seven under. Uh, but during his round, it almost felt like that could ball, that could have been even lower. I know for a fact that Rory missed, uh, he missed like a, a three or four footer, and then he missed an eight footer. So he had two putts. He easily could have shot 62 today. Um, but yeah, going into 18, Morikawa and, and McElroy both end up in the greenside bunker right. Uh, Rory's more on the backside of it, a bit of on the downslope. Uh, so he has to play his shot out to the right and use the slope in the middle of the green to come back down to the hole. It's probably it's probably took like six seconds from when that ball hit to when it hit the bottom of the cup. Um, watching the coverage was amazing. And then, you know, it seemed like 10 minutes had passed because they needed the crowd to calm down. And then Morikawa went and jarred it right after him. Out so, of the same exact bunker. Same exact bunker. Slightly different shot. Slightly different way to get there. But to have two guys jarred on 18... I mean, those are the moments that make the Masters what they yeah, are. Just the joy on Morikawa's face after he did it. He immediately eyes go straight to Rory, and Rory is hands in the air, grinning ear to ear. It's like they just had pure joy between the two of them because it's like, yeah, you're not going to see that happen for a long time. And two guys who had really great rounds going too. I mean, this wasn't just a you know fluke 18. They happened to knock one in. I think they combined 13 under on, yeah, on the rounds today. They were 13 under, and then the, the field, field was like was, 40 over yeah, like or something 39. like that. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and that goes to show like how big you know in just a round of golf. Like if one person's playing well, it's you, you kind of get that little vibe going. Everyone kind of starts hitting the ball a little better, especially at, you know their skill level where they can all hit all the shots. And like you saw in the final pair, and, you know Scotty wasn't doing anything crazy, and then Cam didn't. You know there was no like competition directly there to try to run with. Yeah, because Rory and Colin both eagled the par five on the back too, right? Yeah, so that they, was they're pretty going, yeah shot yeah. for shot. Just, just going right at it the whole time. Yeah, so speaking of, so the, the 15th hole, uh, one of the more famous par fives, obviously not as famous as 13 on Amen Corner, uh, but this is a par five that kind of goes up and over a hill, and then you got the water short of the green. That's pretty classic for wedges spinning back in, uh, guys not carrying it far enough. One thing they noted on the coverage with that was that nobody this week had made an eagle on that hole. They extended the tee box by like 15 or 20 yards, uh, but this is the first master since like 1965 that someone hasn't had an eagle in that hole. And we were talking about it, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of that. I think that you can make par fours hard. Obviously, there's some par threes on this course that are like over 200 yards and really tough, uh, but you got to make par fives gettable. And moving that tee box back just, I think, lacked, lacked a little excitement down the stretch because these pros are plenty smart enough. Like, Scotty, just he went for it, but you could easily just lay up and take your wedge in and, and try to make your, your up and down birdie. But I love watching guys stick five and six irons to, to five feet with, with kicking eagles. So. Yeah, it really feels like it's kind of like a you're, they were changing the course, adjusting the course based off of one player rather than the more average. You know, you got obviously Bryson hitting the ball mile, but even still how the course was, he shot 12 over, didn't even make the cut. 
and you kind of lost some of that excitement you usually would have seen on that hole. Yeah, Ben, I think I disagree with you a little bit on the par five, but I'm curious, like, what's the number in your head? Like, how many golfers should eagle a par five? I mean, I think you want to see a handful every day. Like, I, I mean, especially on a Sunday leaderboard, you want to see guys to have chances to make up, you know, one shot on, you know, one and a half shots on the field and then two on a leader that might be playing safe. So seeing none, I would have liked to have probably seen, yeah, something in the, the high single digits, you know, e- each day probably. Well, and that's what makes Augusta so special is you see maybe not 17 or 18, but the four or five previous holes, you can see eagles, birdies, and you can see doubles and triples. And I think the changes they made to 15 really took away that spectacle of the of the Sunday charge of guys being able to go for eagle there because it it plays so much tougher with those extra 20 yards. And I think that not making eagles is maybe not my argument. It's that it seems like the field wasn't being as aggressive because they were further back. So if it just was like this, if it was just a spectacle where no one had made eagle because it's just no one, no one had it that day. Yeah, just no one had it that day. Like no one hit any great shots. That'd be great. But these guys were, you know, 250 out after spanking a drive. And it's just like... They're just not getting as aggressive, and the hole is probably just not as exciting for me. Well, and even even before today, with the wind and everything, the prior three rounds, 15 was just a robotic par five. You had to lay up. There was no way these guys were going to be going for things there. I think it even played over par a couple days, which is crazy for a hole that's historically so easy for some of these guys. And for me, one of the big things with that hole in general, and Augusta as a whole, is the greens are unbelievably difficult to make a putt on. They're all undulating there and going all sorts of ways. You see so many putts, you know, roll off the green, all that kind of stuff that to, for them to even get an eagle opportunity when it was shorter was a feat in itself. And now they just weren't even getting the chance to try to do that. And then when they did, it's a difficult putt at the, to say like the least. Well, and it takes, I mean, frankly, it takes the most exciting thing out of it. Like we didn't see balls rolling back into the water on 15, because guys just weren't going for it nearly as much. It took away a lot of that excitement. Yeah. Are they just a little bit ahead of the curve maybe with this? It's like here in a couple of years, maybe they don't make any more changes to the hole, but these guys are still going to get more distance. You're going to get to the point where these guys are probably going to be making the Eagles. They're just maybe a few years early for what the field's going to catch up to. Well, one other change they made to that hole too. So it, it might not only be the distance. They also made the slope right to left a little more extreme on that hole. So... I, I think maybe I say it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but most of their balls were just ending up on the left side where they had like no chance to go for the green. So maybe it's not the length. It's more or less like the drive had to be so deadly accurate down the right to not get that kick that the guys didn't have a chance. Cool. So then other, uh, other people looking at the leaderboard, a pretty disappointing performance from uh, my boy, my uh, favorite player under 25, Sung J.M., posting a three over today. So he came into the round four under, uh, was kind of like the – the last guy other than Cam and Scotty that I think that made it had it might have had a chance other than barring Rory's like almost record setting round today, but uh a pretty disappointing day from Sungjae. Yeah, he was plus sixteen hundred coming into the final round. So it's like he was like that last guy that had a little bit of a chance. Obviously it was a bit of a reach with how big of a lead Scotty had. But yeah, with him to have that chance and then to go three over really kind of dropped the ball there. Yeah, I mean, in fact, too, this is how many, so this is Scotty's only, this is Scotty's, has he played in the Masters before, or this was his first one? Scotty's this is the a, Masters he's played two or three times. So this is the second or third, but I mean, I think, I was going to mention, because I think Sungjae's been to a few, too, but, you know, you look at this leaderboard, and as the people that started rising to the top, right, like, as the attrition occurred, as the final round of the Masters occurs, and it hurts everyone, because it's just so much of a different experience, you really saw the people that have played here a lot start to rise to the top, right? I mean, 
the only people that I noticed that really aren't like uh, Will Zalatoris, I think is such a like a Trojan horse here. It's just like he just was his second, second top ten in his first two starts. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible for a course that everybody says you have to play here a few times before you can start thinking about seeing being successful. And he's the complete anomaly here, where he's two straight top tens. Yeah, I mean Rory been, rounds on this course. Rory's been here a lot. Uh, Shane's been here a few times. Uh, Morikawa, young but been here a few times. JT a ton. Uh, guys like Charles Schwartzel and DJ chasing him down. Kevin Na, Westwood, Matsuyama. I mean, these are guys that have been here a long time. They're able to weather the storm for four rounds uh, to see Scotty and some of these younger guys perform so well. It's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, I think Zalatoris maybe might kind of. I don't know if you can call it a dark horse, but my pick for next year kind of going in, he's almost following a little bit of that uh, Jordan Spieth uh, path with it. You know, he, Jordan Spieth, very early on in his career at the Masters, he was up in the top of the leaderboard, you know, runner-ups, whatever, and then wins it within two or three tries, and it feels like he's kind of on that same, you know, general trajectory that Jordan followed. Yeah, and I think the only counterpoint to Zalatoris is, I mean, I think that Scotty really fits the mold of people that win here. He... He drove the ball a little mediocre at times throughout the week, but his short game and putting really in his iron player are what won him this tournament. So I think the one thing about Zalatoris is like his putting can kind of be a little bit of a, a you know, a handicap for him sometimes. So it's, once he gets that to somewhere that's like a little bit above average, I think he can win here. Yeah, there are some horror clips early on in the in the week with Zalatoris making these loopy putter strokes that look like, you know, a 30 handicap out on a Saturday morning at their local Muni. But he, he honed it in, and he was making a lot of putts today, but he he definitely still struggles with those mid-short-length putts. So then just going to the bottom of the leaderboard, because I think this is fun to reflect on us amateur golfers, but uh, the, the bottom of the field, guys that finished more than 10 over par, Cam Davis at 12 total, uh, Old Tigre at 13, uh, Adam Scott at 14 over, Max Homa 14 over, Mackenzie Hughes, par three champion, right? Is it Mackenzie that won the par three contest or at least tied for it? I think he might have tied for it with Weir and somebody yeah. else. Plus 15, Daniel Berger plus 15, Tyrell Hatton plus 17. Those are just outrageous scores. Well, the name I love there is Homa. Uh, he guaranteed coming into this final round, he's like, I'm going under par. He's like, <laughs> I've been disappointed, but I'm going under par. And he was six over for this final round. And I love him. I'm not trying to take a shot at him. But I just think that's so funny. That just shows you how tough the course was playing. Well, and it's funny. I think there was a lot of talks. Home is obviously very active on Twitter and social media. And what was it, like six months ago, he was comparing his master's odds to Tiger about, like, <laughs> how's his still better than mine? And here they are. They finish one stroke from one another. <laughs> loses just... by one. That's so funny. <laughs> so only nine guys finish under par for the week. How do we feel about that? I'm a, I'm a fan of Augusta playing tough, but I think I'd like to see that number more at, like, probably 30 people under par. I'd like to see this thing finish more in the, the 15 under par and then Scotty not to run away with it. I was okay with it. I mean, it, it kind of felt like, obviously we saw a lot of rough weather in the first couple of days and Sunday, honestly, being the best weather I think they saw all week. But it felt like the course itself, like they didn't they didn't run that sub-air system like overly aggressive to make it so all of a sudden they were playing that firm, fast, you know, ridiculous. It They left it where like you, you could score like because the receptive sort of green is a little softer and the players just, you know, didn't manage to do that. It didn't feel like they made the course unnecessarily hard, and they just didn't hit the shots. Yeah, I think you're right there with the weather early on. It's like, you look at some of these scores this final round, you had some guys going pretty low. So if they had the weather they had today all week, I think we would have been seeing guys in that range you're looking for, Ben. I think we could, yeah, it could have been really deep, right? Yeah, yeah we sure. quite a few guys in the red figure. So I, I think Augusta played pretty fair this week. I think the changes they made to the course... I don't have a huge issue with them. I think they did a pretty good job. Obviously, you kind of want to make this thing uh, 
like your your barometer for for hard courses and you want to see guys you know when you're i think the one thing we can't respect is that augusta is like when you're just like we saw cam shot i think it was on on 17 he probably missed his spot by like two feet maybe three feet and then had like a 40 footer but if it would have went two feet to the right it's down there to like tap in birdie range yeah it's it's going to be really interesting to see what augusta does from here because they like to tinker with it and they're really at that point where do they want it to be a single digit tournament where it plays really tough with how they're extending these tees way back or are they going to kind of slow it down a little bit more and keep these higher scores in play i think you're going to see a lot more of the changes in the contours of things so the change in the fairways a little bit changing maybe some of the tees you know the tee locations on the green making those a little bit more unique and i think you heard of multiple times on the coverage how you know tiger like they were saying oh tiger could probably just you could give him a blank tee sheet and he could just tell you exactly where the pin's going to be every day i think you're going to see maybe a little more creativity coming there rather than you know extending the the distance because i think they're just flat out running out of space so speaking of the course, I think a whole, and, and for all of our listeners, I was making us lunch for like an hour, so I did miss a little bit of the coverage. It but was delicious. <laughs> Very good. What uh, I think or number 16 just kind of didn't give it to us today. We just didn't, with that pin where it is, you usually see lots of, lots of shots spin off that slope, come down, almost come in. I might have only seen like four or five shots within five feet today. Yeah, I agree. It was interesting. I, I think at one time on the broadcast they mentioned – it is within inches of the location of Tiger's 2005 shot. Yeah. And I don't know if they changed the green there much enough that you wouldn't see that, but it felt like the players weren't carrying it far enough to hit that ridge to get that, like, iconic roll down into the hole. And I, I also think, like, just the way this tournament shaped up, that it was kind of a runaway. We lost a lot of the, you know, s- spectacle of 16 because normally it's there's seven or eight guys kind of in contention. You see all their shots. They're all going for that spot to get it rolled back down. But at that point, there was really no one in contention. So we didn't we didn't get to see that shot nearly as much as what we would normally. And the guys probably weren't going, going after it quite the same. Probably a little bit of the wind there, too. I know, like, on Saturday or Friday, I saw DJ hit a six iron from 165 yards, which he probably averages – in the low 190s, mid 190s with his six iron. So, so it's a nine iron for him normally. Yeah. So a three club wind really. And that's, so I think that the wind might've been affecting that hole a little bit, but yeah, I was just a little disappointed. You know, I, one, I would have, I probably would have put money on a hole in one. I just feel like Sunday hole in one on 16 is what always happens. But not only did we not get that, we didn't get many even closer to the hole. Yeah. I mean the, the whole wind thing was interesting and I feel like it was so different than what we saw, like the players, like the players, it's a little less sheltered of a course almost where, like, the wind was just brutal. And, like, here, it's it's always famed for those swirling winds where, like, the players were just... It was so surprising versus at the players, it was like, oh, I'm just... I can't hit it anywhere. And it was the shocking, like, oh, I hit it, and it just is falling, you know, 35 yards short of what I expected. Yeah, I agree. And I was mentioning about the conditions, too. Like, we saw, with the wind, we saw a lot of really crazy drives. What we saw Cam and Scotty post the two longest drives of the tournament on number nine today, and they both hit them 380 and 385 and only had 100 yards in. So, I mean, I guess you know Augusta from watching it over the years, but I really felt like this year, probably because of the wind, there were actually quite a few wedge birdie opportunities. Like, we saw, I mean, Scotty hit probably five or six wedges today from inside 100 yards on par fours that are traditionally maybe like a nine iron obviously there are other holes that counteract right the wind is in and not down uh which i think maybe is what's happening at 16 and we saw 18 play like as the toughest hole this this week uh that's not normal i guess these guys are having more like 160 to 180 in versus i think classically pitching wedge might have been a club for that hole so the wind definitely played a role what do you think is more difficult because i think a lot of our listeners are probably thinking about this 
Texas wind or Georgia wind? <laughs> what is Texas wind? Uh, I got to go with the Texas wind. It's got to be Texas. Well, what do you guys it's think? It's all easy for Scotty, though, right? Yeah, Texas wind. I mean, it's so flat out there. You have no idea, like, where it's going. So probably a lot harder. Well, another question there. for you talking about wind is, is, is when you think about Augusta, too, like, what's easier, hitting into the wind or downwind? Or, sorry, what's harder, downwind or into the wind? Into the wind is always harder for me. Oh, I'm going to say downwind yeah, here at Augusta just because of how quick the greens were. If you're if you're going for the green and you you just get your ball hung up there and you get coming in hot, it's like you're not holding one of those greens. I do think as a pro, well, for us amateurs, into the wind, I think, is always going to be harder because it's going to make our ball – kind of like exponentially Balloon, react more right it's yeah, gonna like if it's going right it's gonna go more right but if you're right for these pros and i'm pretty sure when they set this course up for sunday they knew which holes were going to be downwind but trying to correctly judge where your ball is going to land especially on greens that if you hit a down slope all of a sudden you're 30 yards over the yeah. green um with the only the only real uh success story there being that you're chipping back into the wind as you chip back into the green but i think i think at augusta for a pro probably downwind a little bit harder because these guys know how to control their ball really well it wasn't difficult for Scotty because every time we saw him miss a green, it's just a chip and he's a two feet and yeah. just taps in. Scotty's chipping around the green this week was unbelievable. As much as we love Scotty, we were rooting for him to just kind of fall back so hard. And he just he never waited. Never happened. What did he make? One or two bogeys maybe outside of that four putt on 18? He made one double on 18. Yeah. I think that was it. That is pretty funny though because it's going to be like – it's going to be caveated with he didn't have any – he had a double bogey this week. <laughs> it was just on his last hole when he had a five-shot lead. <laughs> We definitely were rooting for some of their pursuers, too. I mean, Dub picked Cam Smith this week, and I'm a huge Rory fan. I mean, it doesn't feel anticlimactic. It's amazing for Scotty to win his first major, but I think you always like to see it a little bit closer. Um, we just didn't have too much of that. And, two, with Cam kind of blowing up at the end, you don't have that uh, that intense like final final grouping feeling mm-hmm. where it's like these guys know each other are their, are their main competitors. At this point, I don't know, Scotty had probably seen a leaderboard, but he pretty much knows, like, Rory's his main competitor, so as long as he doesn't go lower than seven for the last six holes, he's fine. Yeah, he he probably knew early on he just had to par out and he was good to go, which I, I think we kind of saw that. And I got a couple texts from some buddies saying, you know, I was like, oh, like this was really cool that Scotty won, but it was really boring almost to watch Scotty just because he wasn't super aggressive. You didn't get to see some of those iconic storylines you maybe have seen in the past at Augusta. So, I mean, happy for Scotty, but would have liked a little drama. So, based on today's events, Knowing what happened, where would you have wanted to sit today at Augusta? I think for me, the answer is normally I like 16 because I feel like that's such a critical hole. But then we just talked about how it's just not that much fun to watch. So maybe behind the tee on 12. I mean, you would have seen Cam shot, but there, there weren't any good shots on 12. Today. For me, it's got to be 18. I mean, you go to got to see the Rory and uh, Colin oh, Morikawa out of the bunker. You saw, you saw the four putt. I think those are probably the most memorable shots. I think that's got to be, got to be where I'm sitting. I was going to agree. I was going to say sit around the 18th green just because you see him win for the first time just to get his reaction as he's coming off the green. Yeah, it wasn't some exclamation because he just hold it to win it, but it's still awesome to see someone win their first major as they're coming off the green. I think it would be great to have a seat for that. Yeah, I, I think the vantage point behind 12 would be really cool because you get to see everything happening on 11. Obviously on twelve, which you would have got to see Rory and more college shit goes down. Yeah, and then I think you can even see down the fairway to see what's going on at thirteen. So you get the full vantage point of Amen Corner to see all the action happening, which is generally where rounds are going up or down at, at that point in time. I feel like there might have been only one chance after the first couple holes that Cam really felt like he might be coming back, and that's after he birdied 11 and went to the tee at 12. So being there in that moment would have been pretty cool, and it would have been 10 seconds later that yeah. that, that bubble so just dang. burst. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I'd like to talk about Cam a little bit more because we were all sitting here at the very beginning of the round. He goes birdie, birdie, and we're like, we've got something here. What do you think he was feeling when he saw Scotty make that chip on three? It's like he obviously fell apart after that, but like, what do you think was going through his head? I think he just unravel at that point because he comes Smelt. out, hits two perfect shots on one, makes birdie, rolls in a nice putt. Two perfect shots on two, has an easy two-putt birdie. Scotty, I think, made pars on both, and he's feeling pretty good. He's like, if Scotty just makes one little mistake, like, I'm going to take the lead. He comes to three, he gets that door opening, and then Scotty just shuts it by chipping in, and it's just like, well, I don't have a chance. If he's going to hit the ball bad and then chip in, like, what the hell am I supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, Cam did everything right the first two holes, <laughs> and then he finds himself after the next hole just where he started. Yeah, I, I don't think he could gain his composure back after that because, you know, he was – all green lights thinking he was going to be in it, and then it was just complete table turned right at that point, and it was kind of over. Yeah, I think I made a point before to start the week how I think that Cam is a like a slightly below average driver of the golf ball. He can hit it far when he wants to, but I really noticed that when like when the going gets tough, like Cam starts to hit the driver really well. So when he felt like he was in it, he was like his drive on two was huge. He hit an eight iron into that green and things were really pumping for him. But then we saw as kind of the round started to go on and that lead started to creep away from him. That driver started to go all over the place. It's a dangerous day to be standing on the left side of the hole. Yeah. (laughs) For JT and for, and for Cam. JT was playing. It was pretty much all over the fucking course. It wasn't just the left side. I'll give props to Scotty, too, because there's a couple par fours on the back there where he's just hitting three-wood. I mean, he just played like such a veteran today. I mean, 440, these guys can hit their three-woods, 260, 280. He's only got 160 yards, and he knows that he can He can not only make birdie from there, he's going to make par a lot more often than putting a driver in the trees. What hole was it, 17? He blows it way right, and granted, he was up five strokes, so what difference does it really make? He chips out in the fairway, sticks it to two feet, makes an easy par. I mean, you... Expect him to make some sort of mistake down the stretch, and it just didn't happen. But he did it all week long, which was unbelievable. I mean, I think that's probably the meteoric rise of of Scotty is probably pretty similar to what Tiger was doing, right? Tiger was hitting it all over the place, but he was hitting shots at times, and then his short game was really just leaning on it. So I don't really know. I don't think we have another Tiger Woods on our hand, but but Scotty's really checking all these boxes right now. He's he's long. He's got incredible touch. He seems to be pretty, pretty composed. Obviously, his little thing on 18 was just like he had already checked out. Five-shot league on 18, he had checked out. But Scotty seems to have it all, and he's a really great win player. And I guess you might not think about it, but a lot of these majors they're playing in, win's a huge factor. Like, we, we complain about the win when we go out to play, and it makes our scores go up. But these guys, they... They don't get to just complain about it, right? You got to win. So I think that being a good win player, there's lots of guys classically that have had great careers that really don't do anything too special, but they play really well in the win. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I mean, you arguably have to be looking at Scotty here come last major of the year at the Open. Uh, St. Andrews known for all that win, all that those kind of difficult conditions. You know, we're going to see it and, at multiple majors in one year for Scotty. And Ted Scott, who's probably seen St. Andrews a time or two for or sure. And it's, it's hard to imagine him not being a clear favorite for the remaining three majors. He wasn't really challenged this week that closely. Like Rory, his final round, like awesome, he shoots eight under, but he was never in it. I mean, he played so poorly leading up to it. So Scotty's kind of a, a one-man band right now. There's, there's really no one up there contending with him. It's funny to see the shift now. When we first started this and we would go through the tournaments picking our favorites, it was we were seeing Rom at the top of the leaderboard or the top of the favorites list every time. He was this week, too. He was yeah. this week. So how long do we think Scotty keeps that going? Are we going to see Scotty at the top for the rest of the year? Is he going to be able to keep this hot streak going? I kind of think yes. 
I don't know where the remainder of the majors are this year. So, but I think if you if you find a course that's a little bit more demanding off the tee, I do think a guy uh, like JT or well, not JT today, but JT or Rom guys that are traditionally better drivers of the golf ball probably edge him out. But um, like I think about a Kiowa where Phil won. Um, Phil ironically drove the ball amazing that week because that course is pretty penal off the tee. It's pretty much just wasteland when he missed the green, missed the fairways. So. That's the only thing I'm probably thinking that wouldn't leave Scotty as the favorite because everything else in this game is just unbelievable right now. All right, well, that does it. What a great weekend. Congratulations, Scotty Scheffler. We promise not to do this to you again. We'll make sure we'll pick you for the rest of the yeah, majors. Every week I'm picking you. <laughs> well, thanks again, everyone. Thanks for being here. Happy Masters Week. We'll see you soon.